Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Tarni Falloon. Tarni, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Lovely to be with you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So, Tarni Falloon is actually, she's a somatic therapist and an embodiment coach. She's been a TEDx presenter. She's actually was a sports medicine physiotherapist for the uh, Olympics in Australia. Uh, her expertise is actually in partnering with those who have recurring pain, anxiety, and body symptoms. And using her signature body freedom process, she guides her clients through body-centered practices to discover the root cause of their pain. So Tarni mentors clients to find the freedom from their pain and transform their life to live with confidence and calmness. Tarni, do me a favor. If there's anything we missed in that intro, please fill it in. And then would you give us kind of an introduction into how you got started doing the incredible work you do? Mm, thank you. I don't know. I was just listening to that by intro and I thought, hmm, that really covers it. It's really, when I say reoccurring, and it's that reoccurring persistent pain like those people, you've had neck ache for 20 years or you've had a, a, a back that comes and goes or it's like people who are very, very functional like myself, but you have these persistent, you know, people like myself, who, you, but you've got persistent or something that keeps reoccurring that's not going away and you've tried and, and or you could be in acute pain. But you're trying to find, you've tried lots of different people and it just doesn't seem to be working. And I'd love to give some examples and maybe that'll come out as we go through the interview. But what it started with my own work. I um, grew up uh, in New South Wales, Australia uh, as a country girl on a farm. And, and um, as you quoted earlier, you said earlier, Ken, um, self-sufficiency was a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. Actually, what was a badge of honor was being very physically active and being very sort of thinking things through, but emotionally and spiritually, that wasn't a conversation at all. Like, and when I say that, there was no, there, were, you, there wasn't room for emotions at all. And um, I went on to study my physical physiotherapy, and as I was working with clients, um, I started getting, in, people started sharing information with me, and now I know that I was probably quite intuitive, My I had these healing hands, and one thing led to another, brought me to the United States. I actually had my own sports medicine practice, which is how I ended up with the um, at the Olympics. But um, I ended up doing my master's in, in psychology and then doing somatic training, and, and which include movement, and created body freedom, the body freedom method. Um, and so it was, and it was, a lot of it came from not only my, working with my clients, but also my own healing journey because I had um, I had lots of disconnection from my own body. I had lots of my own body pain. I dived into a swimming pool when I was 16 and broke my neck or fractured my neck. It didn't actually, um, they found it later, but I had lots of arm pain. I had to give up competitive tennis. 
I used to get, you know, I've had sciatica. I mean, I've just, I have been through, I've had stomach issues my whole life, which was related to um, my emotional or lack of emotional childhood <laughs> support as a child. So it's been, um, you know, and, and, and the ang I had anxiety that came out of that. So I've dealt with money, a number of different things myself. And so that's how I've created this work that now I really offer others and long um, for people to have that relief that I found. And yeah, that, that's possible. That's wonderful. You know, it's, it's interesting. We were talking before that we came on the air about that we both grew up on farms. And as you were describing, you know, there wasn't room for, for the, the spiritual piece or the emotional piece. <laughs> you just reminded me, this is so interesting. So speaking of your work, working with people in pain. So one of the things that I learned about myself is I had a very high threshold for pain mm. and to the point where it was a disservice yes. because I wouldn't recognize I was injured. For example, my, my freshman year in high school, I played the entire football season with a cracked sternum. Right. And I didn't even know. I was like, oh, whatever. It's a bruise, whatever. And that's how I treated it until after the year was over and I, I it still wasn't getting better. And I went to the doctor and he's like, you know, your, your sternum's cracked. When did this happen? I'm like, oh, August. And it's December. And right. he's just like, how did you do? I'm like, I don't know. That's just normal. Uh, but what right. I wanted to ask you is yeah. if you could share a little bit about the relationship between physical pain and emotional pain. Mm, good question. Well, in my world, I believe there's an emotional component to every pain, whether it's uh, you know, you roll, I have a, I had a client who rolled over in the garden and broke her ankle. And when we were healing that, because she happened to be working with me for another thing, it turned out it was that her mama died and it was about her own mortality. It was about her taking time to feel into her own mortality. So I actually believe personally and from experience of working with people for 30 years that there's an emotional component to every pain. Now, not everybody's going to agree with me, I don't think, because, well, a physical pain, a broken, a broken, you know, a broken bone is a broken bone, right? A broken sternum, you did it, mm -hmm. you played football. My neck, for instance, when I dived into the swimming pool, um, and actually I had the same story. They actually didn't find it for a year later, so I had mm. all these symptoms and eventually. But it, it was a time when I was really, really miserable. I happened to be in boarding school, which because what, that's what we did in Australia. That's because I, I lived way out in the country. And, you know, it was a very unhappy time with my family, and mm. I was very unhappy. So it was there was a relationship between the two without going into all the details. But, yes, the, there there is every... And I've had people, I had someone the other day who'd had pain for 25 years and she's got a congenital hip problem and she had six hours of relief um, and the most relief she's had in years after the session. Um, the pain has come back somewhat, but, um, but so there's, there is definitely, there's, and there, there is, um, it's written up, um, you know, physiologically the relation, there is a relationship, there's people who have done studies around the relationship between the physical and emotional pain. Very, very connected. Yeah, because, well, this is great because what I was aware of is, as you were talking about it, and I remembered that happening in high school, I remember going into the, that was my first year playing football, and, and I was like, I was nervous about getting hurt, about the pain mm -hmm. that might be a part of playing football. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't 
nervous about the physical pain. I was nervous about the emotions that might show up. Like, mm-hmm. quite honestly, I'm a 14-year-old boy going, last thing I want to do is cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I remember keep, you know, obviously you get bumps and bruises and all this stuff. And I remember being fascinated by how little it hurt. Mm. Interesting. Because I was so adept at shutting that down for fear of showing emotion. Mm. There you go. Yeah. So very interesting. Mm. So let me ask you this then, Tarni, because, you know, we're, we're, our focus is on partnership. And you and I talked before the show that your work is about partnership with yourself. What, what do you use as like a, I call it a guiding principle, but it could be a quote or a mantra or a touchstone or something that keeps you on track or pulls you back on track when you've kind of gotten off in the weeds regarding how you're partnering. What do you use for that? Uh, I, I, I love that question. And I have a couple of things I do. One, my mantra is to heal, you must feel. And, and uh, Eckhart Tolle says, um, as one person, there's a couple of people I, but he says, um, transformation happens through the body, not out of body experiences, meaning you need to feel and partner with yourself. You need to, so to heal, you must feel. You need to, to, to move through something, you must turn towards yourself, feel it, bring it to consciousness, and then you can, and then you can heal. So that's one of mine. And the other one is um, there's a lovely, lovely quote that I've used for years by Hal Stone, who is one of my teachers. And he says, we must remember that the mind is just one of ourselves. The quote goes on, and I'm not going to read it all, but for too many people, the mind remains the one God. For these people, they're denied the access of feeling, emotion, spirit, and imagination. And, and the mind can only conceptualize, it can't experience it. So it's about experiencing yourself and that's usually why people have pain and certainly why I do when something happens, I know I'm out of, disconnected from myself. I'm disconnected, I'm not listening to something that my inner self, my inner being, my inner knowing knows. And so it creates pain to bring up, to bring the attention. So, um, because the, that can, that that to to feel is how you can then create the body connection to then transform what's happening and then heal. Nice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So I'd love it if you would be be willing to share a story from your own personal experiences because that's one of the things our listeners have said they just love how generous mm-hmm. our guests are with their stories and yes. I'd, I'd love to know what's a time when you you know you kind of tripped up in your partnership and whether it was with yourself or with someone else but what happened what did you trip on and then what were you able to learn from that experience this has helped you move forward Yeah, that's. um, I I think I've tripped up a lot of times, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I haven't listened to my um, to what's my truth is, but I I do um, I do remember I um, had a friend years and years ago. This is uh, that I was a really dear friend. I was new to LA, and I and she was a really dear friend, and um, I had a party, uh, a birthday party, and she didn't. she didn't turn up to my party because I and I I knew she sort of didn't she just didn't feel like it or she was whatever 
And I was remember being furious that um, that she didn't turn up. And I remember it being I, I was sort of took it really personally. You know, sort of where I got tripped, I thought it was my fault. There was something wrong with me. There was, and and that was a tendency where I go with, you know, what what have I done wrong? Why didn't she turn up? And she was sort of one of the most important people I wanted to come to the party. And I remember actually, um, you know, really having to turn that around and look look at that. And and actually, and I actually, in the end, I found a voice and went and said, look, this isn't working. How can we? Um, what went on here and then discovering that it actually wasn't about me it was about her and telling her that you know that wasn't okay in a friendship that i i'm not i'm not into that but it, but it really tripped me up in that i was like wow and and that one was a tendency tended had a tendency to be an issue of mine what did i do wrong what was wrong with me where did i go wrong why didn't she come it must have been you know something and then the second half of that, where I was able to give it a voice, really have enough courage to talk to her about it and discover actually, number one, I needed a friend to turn up if she was coming to my party, and number two, um, you know, it wasn't all about me. Mm. It, does that answer that question for you? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a really powerful time. It was a really powerful moment of, you know what, uh, this isn't this, this, this you know, it. it, it Feeling how I I took myself down, and really, it wasn't really about me. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally, yeah. Excellent, thank you. That's that. No, that's a great example. Great example. Mm. So, I'm curious, and this is a little bit going back a bit to what we were talking about earlier. When you talked about the connection of the emotional pain to the physical pain, because you work mm. with people on their physical pain, mm. like what's the first step to making that connection? Because my, my thought is, like let's say you, you physically got hurt, you, you, you know, mm -hmm. hurt something on your body, and you cry and you have those emotions and maybe you get angry about whatever happened. Isn't that connecting to the emotion or is that something different? No, 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 that's connecting to it. But then what people often do is then stop, push it down. Oh, well, don't, you know, I push it away. I put it aside. I don't, you know, maybe I won't deal with it or I'll take a tablet or I'll, because I've got to keep going. We don't give ourselves the space to listen to what that pain, what that pain's about, right? Mm. So how many people, how many ads do you see on TV? You got the flu, take, you know, take this, this and this and you can go back, you can go to work. We have to soldier on, we have to push on rather than taking a moment to stop and say, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Maybe I need some rest. Maybe I'm, so, so I'll use myself as an example. Recently, I went bike riding with the family and I didn't have a very good bike. Anyway, I ended up having to do like 500 more revolutions than it. <laughs> For every revolution, one revolution, everyone I was doing, I had to do about five. And so I ended up with um, bursitis. And I, as, and so I had to rest. And as I'm resting, I'm realizing how tired I was and how much I've been pushing and doing too much and not taking that time that I usually do. And that's partly because I had family in town and we've been traveling and there's been things going on. I hadn't been doing that. We're talking about partnership. I hadn't been listening to that deeper partnership with myself. Mm -hmm. So, so one, of the one of the first steps is to stop and rest 
we are as a as a general especially in the western world don't rest when we get pain we push on or we try and seek answers outside of ourselves rather than taking time to just stop stop listen reflect breathe into the body feel in and see well what's really under this pain what's really what's really underneath this what's the message that's here what's this what is this about rather than panicking and oh my gosh and I've got this pain I better get it fixed it's like it's okay you know take a few breaths feel it and and make sure you find time to rest well that's just crazy talk Tarni yeah <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And I know it well. I know it well because I yeah. drug drug myself. I'd work 10 hours a day. I was so into my sports medicine physiotherapy. I would treat you at 2 o'clock in the morning if you wanted to be treated. Mm. I loved it. But my little body just flipped out. It yeah. just couldn't keep going. Yeah. Just, you know, and I've had to find that balance. And one of them is very deeply building a relationship um, and, and, and breath and attention. And turning your focus inward would be, would be the first three steps. Just feeling, what am I feeling in my body? What's present? Excellent. Thank you. Mm. So I'm curious if we look at the other side of the coin. So what I mean by that is like, what's a time in your life that I call it a proud moment in partnership, but it could be anything. I mean, it's just something that when you think back on that time, whether it was family or romance or career, whatever it was, you think back on it, you're like, that was amazing. And you just can't help but smile when you think of it. What What's one of those for you? You know, that what comes up, and I've, I've thought about this, but uh, is, um, is marrying my, hus my present husband. That feeling, because I gave myself permission, I'd gone through it, I'd married and gone, I married young, like you met someone at university, I was 19, didn't marry at 19, but I met him at 19, I, um, and I still had lots of, you know, I was still not very aware of the world, what was going on, I'm very, not very conscious of myself, so my permission, my permission to myself when I, when I met off, when I married off was, I have absolutely the right to say no if this is not working. I don't have to do that. I gave myself till the moment I said yes at the end of the, at, in the church, they met married in a lovely little church in Australia. Um, the moment I, um, I, till that moment, I, I, and I still have that, I still have that. I have permission to say this isn't working, you know, this is, I don't have to stay in this. And it is so empowering and it brings such joy and it creates such a, um, a positive partnership with my husband. That's fantastic. Because I have that ability. I know that I'm in my own power of saying, I said, yeah, this is a yes, but I've given myself permission. I give myself permission to say no. You know, that this isn't working, that this, I need something else here. This isn't. And uh, I think that, that 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 brings a very big smile to my face. Nice. So um, yes, go ahead. Well, I, I love the use of that because permission is something I work with a lot with my clients because it's one of those weird things that you know, as we're growing up, we have to always go get permission, right, from your teacher or your parents or your friends, whatever. Can I have permission to have somebody over? Can I have permission to go on this trip? And you were always looking outside yourself. And then all of a sudden, everybody just quits giving you permission, but they never teach you you can give yourself permission. Exactly. 
And so we're kind of, I mean, people still do it, right? They sit there and ask their boss, can I take, you know, can I take a week off? And they're like, I don't care. It's your time off. And you're just like, huh? Like, mm -hmm. I don't, really? I can just do that? Because we haven't ever, we didn't make a transition. <laughs> we just kind of. No, we've never, we've, never stepped, we've never stepped into it. I, I had the same thing. That's why I didn't feel good enough, not, not work, whatever it is, not, not didn't have a voice because I didn't know that I got, I, I could actually say this is what I want or need. Exactly. That was what I had to, to learn. So I, I agree with you totally. Yeah. So I'm curious because I just keep coming back yeah. to, to your work. How, what role does this play in, in people relieving those ongoing and chronic pains? So, so I think early, uh, uh, you said I work with the f a physical pain, but actually what I'm really working is the emotional pain. Okay. But come in with the physical pain, right? So I don't actually treat the physical pain. I actually, you come in with a backache. Uh, uh, I'm working with someone who's got sore knees at the moment. And I'm not actually doing any of the physical therapy anymore. What I'm looking at is what's the underlying cause of the the let's say the knee pain, so I'm looking at um, how how is that turning up? Um, what what is that holding emotionally in your life? And in this particular situation with the knee pain, her father used to twist her legs when she was a little girl and make her cry, and so then she's always had a feeling that she can't stand up for herself. So then the work I do is looking, finding that voice that we're talking about. How do I, how do I find that place where I can feel empowered to stand up for myself? And that, that actually my knees, and very interesting with her, her knee in one session, her knees actually got about 50% better because she discovered it really wasn't about, it wasn't about bad knees. It was actually about how she was holding her sense of self. Wow. So it's it's the physical pain. The, the the physical pain is the pathway is that I use into what are you holding emotionally underneath? And that, you know we're usually holding out. We've 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 created this protective layer, and un, underneath that is either the the fear or the anger or the sadness or the um, anyway the upset. It's it's whatever it is that whatever you've been either traumatized or experienced as a child. Um, often, that, or young, and young self, teenager, that then you push down and you've got a belief running about yourself underneath there. So just like we talked about the permission that, you know, I, I, I and so this particular woman with the knee pain, for instance, is all about um, um, a giving to everybody else. So she's, because she's always been like, so it's like it's easier to give to everyone else because if she feels, and anyway, she feels the pain and and feels her unworthiness. So, so there, it, it's looking at what is what turning towards the pain, and what's the underlying emotion that I, I'm holding. What's the underlying issue? And usually, that's turning up Ken in somewhere else in their life. So uh, that'll turn up with money. It'll turn up with relationships. It'll turn up with. So you're holding, you know, uh, neck and back pain, or let's say upper neck pain, which many many of the women I see do that neck pain and anxiety. I've got to get it right. And then you'll find out that they're not having intimacy with their husbands or they're not in the relationship they want or they're not having the children that they want or whatever it is because they're holding everything so tight. And then it's turning up that tightness, that control is turning up in the anxiety and the tension in the body. You start shifting that, waking up other parts of them, and then they can start to unwind and then things can start to come into their life. 
that is fantastic. And thank you for, for clarifying where I misspoke because I totally misunderstood. Honestly, I really didn't get that part of it. So that's, that is tremendous. Mm. Thank you. Mm. So we've reached a part of the show here, Tarni, where I call it bring it all home. And mm -hmm. what this mm -hmm. is, is where we're going to kind of step away from stories and we're going to jump into some really concrete guidance for our listeners that they can take right now and apply it in their life. And what I want to start with is what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Um, I would say you can that you can say no at any time or you can say yes at any time and immediately say no. So I can say yes to something and then immediately say no. Or I, I can say no to something and immediately say yes. But it's about getting off the fence, making a decision, and then recognizing, oh, that was the wrong one and I can, I can change my mind. And the fact that you can also change your mind. I don't have to stay committed to that yes or no. And I don't mean that in a flaky way, but I mean... Um, you know, uh, yes, I can, uh, I'll do that for you. Um, you'll make it say yes to someone and then you walk away and you realize, oh my gosh, I've overcommitted myself. You go back and say, look, I've overcommitted myself. I really, I actually can't do that now. But when I say, when I can say yes or no, when I make a definitive decision, then I've got, I've got choice. Yes. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I, I love what you said there because... One of the things that came to mind as you were saying that, Tarni, is I, I, I work with a lot of women where they feel like they're almost paralyzed by the idea of having to get it right. Mm. And that if yeah. they don't get it right, it's irreparable. That's right. So they don't have the option to go, actually, when I think about it, I need to change my answer. Like, mm. it's kind of like the game show guy, right? We have to take your first answer. It's right. like, but what if I say the wrong thing and then I'm stuck with it? That's right. And that and that was great advice for me. You're never stuck with it. You've yeah. always got dominion over your own self. You've always got dominion over your own life to, to say, look, this isn't working. Look, I said yes to this and I can't do it. Or I said no to this and actually I'd really like to do that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we get great. stuck in sticking. Well, I made that decision so I can't change my – I can't say no now. I can't do that. I can't, I can't let them down. It's like, no, you're letting them down by not following your truth. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this then. If you were to recommend just one book or resource for our listeners around partnership and relationship, what would be that resource and why? So that's a hard one for me because I've got lots of books <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, lots of wonderful, wonderful books. Um, but there's, I mentioned the Hal Stone quote earlier, um, and I would say partnering, a new kind of relationship how to Love Each Other Without Losing Yourselves by Hal and Sidra Stone. They've got some other books like Embracing Ourselves and Embracing Each Other. Um, that, but this one's a really lovely book. Uh, it's, not, it's about partnership with yourself and then partnership with anybody else, not just, a, a, not just a love relationship, but how to just live in the world in partnership. So um, I highly – so Partnering a New Kind of Relationship by Hal Stone and Sidra Stone, S-T-O-N-E. Um, I love it. And no one has ever recommended that book on a show called Speaking of Partnership. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but that sounds fantastic. I can't wait to check that out. Mm, it's a great book. And as I say, they've got a couple of others, Embracing 
ourselves and embracing each other. And this this is the third in the series, but it's it, they sort of they wrote it. They're, they're therapists, and they wrote it. Um, this one's a little bit more probably easy reading. Gotcha. Great. Excellent. Mm. Well, let's do this. Let, let's leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And what I mean by that, Tarni, is share with us a specific example of something you've been able to do or create or experience that was totally the result of being in partnership. You could not have done it by yourself. Mm. I would have to say, well, and again, I have a number of examples of that because I've, I've learned from going, um, from trying to do everything myself, and I've got to take care of everything myself, and feeling very alone in that, to recognizing how important support is, and how important it is to reach out. So there's, a, I've got many examples, but I would have to say my biggest one is with my relationship with my husband, and learning, allowing myself to surrender to the relationship, and learn to receive. Mm. Receiving has been a very uh, important one for me to get, Receiving not only his love, but his financial support, receiving, uh, building an abundant life that we have and we've built. Um, and, 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 you know, it's taken me being willing to deeply receive. And then that's then allowed me to expand. Nice. So, and receptivity, I think, is one of the hardest things, particularly as women, to have. We're, too, we're often giving but we don't know how to allow. So when he wants to go in and do the dishes, just letting him go and do the dishes and receiving him cleaning the dishes, even if he's not doing it exactly the way I want to do it, right? Allowing, receiving his support and his help. Um, and, and that goes on, it goes on multiple levels. Well, you know, from my intimacy to my, to just, you know, financial support and being around here in the house and everything. There's a level of, um, being in partnership with him and allowing that receptivity to be there, which allows, you know, allows myself to be, um, allows myself, when I receive, I can expand and I can be uh, acknowledging, I can be, um, I can allow, I can be kind and allow kindness to be present. I've got choice, you know, it just gives me so much. Yeah, that's great. Well, I got to say, Tarni, this is this has been amazing. Uh, I loved speaking with you. You've got so much to share. It's so incredible. Can you do us a favor? Would you let our, our listeners know how can they contact you and learn more about your work? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. I've got a website, uh, tarnifaloon.com, and it's T for Tom, A for Apple, R for Ross, N for Nancy, I, E, and then Faloon is F. Freddie, U for umbrella, L L O O N. So tarnifaloon.com. You can also reach me at tarni at tarnifaloon.com on email, and you could call me at 626 296 2032. Now that's a landline, 626 296 2032. So uh, be happy to talk to anybody who, um, and I do offer, um, you know. Uh, free, free conversation, but I don't mean free, but a complimentary conversation. If someone's interested, like, is this a fit? Does this work? Would this be something that would work for me? Um, I'm happy to have a conversation about that. Fantastic. Thank you. And are, are you, can you work with people remotely or do they have to be with you there in California? No, I do um, a lot of video, Skype, 
um, or telephone conversations. I have a few people I um, see. I've got a studio out the back, and um, but most people I do actually distance, uh, do by the phone or video or Skype or something. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. And as always, for anyone listening, if they didn't get it, jot everything down, don't worry about it. You simply go to the speakingpartnership.com page, type in Tarney's name, and it'll go straight to her show page. And there'll be links there for all the different ways you can contact her. So it'll be really, really easy. Well, Tarney, this has been great. Thank you for sharing your stories and your insights and, and giving us some instruction in you know, how we can be better partners with ourselves. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much, Ken. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it very much. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.